Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hey, welcome to this episode of Trolled. I'm slightly beside myself uh, because I have an all-time hero oh, on my show today. Have we started? We are, we're starting are now. Are you going to edit this bit off? No, this is all going in. I'm literally hysterical. I've oh, plied him it. with cheese and yeah, um, yeah. I'm so happy that he's come on. Um, I've admired him for many, many oh, a year, but most notably in my life, I remember him from the Six O'Clock Show, oh, the mate. funniest, wittiest, most <laughs> brilliant uh, podcaster and broadcaster, I think, of all time. It oh, is Danny bless you, Baker. my friend. There's others that give you different. But thank you. Well, I, I definitely think, Danny, you, um, I mean, well, Trolled, as you know, is about the world of social media. It's about being strong in life. It's about standing up for who yep. you are, what you are. Um, or maybe you don't know what it's about. But anyway, no, that do, is what it's I about. Do. I've seen, yeah, and I must confess, um, he said, already bailing out. <laughs> I've seen some of the uh, very strong and notable people you've had on. And I, sh- I, I, I shrank a bit. Did I you? Thought, yeah, oh, yeah, because my, my story is nothing if not. Hells are popping and uh, happy and rainbow around you know my shoulders, despite the recent travails. I'm not. I'm not someone who. Um, uh, I, I don't have much professional courage. No, oh, not, well, not, not really. Well, well, not well really. no. Well, actually, so we'll get to that. Let's talk a little bit about how. How did you get into this whole thing? Of, of, of life in your business. Well, it is a bit of a Swiss Army knife, and I. <laughs> I, I honestly, I left school at fourteen. I went to a. Comprehensive school up at the top of Deptford High Street, and that sounds positively Dickensian, but in 72, it was the last year you could leave at 14. Bloody, I didn't even know you could leave at 14. Yeah, yeah, you could leave at 14. It went up to 15 that next summer. <laughs> and then all my mates left. But I saw an advert for a record shop, and I was nothing if not steeped in what used to be called underground music. And, uh, and, so, uh, and, and I saw this advert in the evening standard for a shop that used to be in the West End of London here. And you've got to remember, this is long before Virgin Mega Stores and High Street Stores, record shops. Uh, well, few and far between that sold really good records. And I, and I applied for it, and it was in Dean Street here. And, uh, and, and they gave it to us. So I said, I'm going to leave at 14, uh, at the Easter. It was the Easter before it went up. Just before, just before my fifteenth birthday, and I started there. And this was the same the staff in the same shop, John and Ian, two two guys, gay as tangerines, ran it, and they were just <laughs> the beating heart of Soho. And I didn't know, I knew the shop, but I didn't know just how the, the, like the clientele and who came in. And within days of starting there. Um, Mark Boland came in Bloody and, and Pete Townsend came in and Jimmy Page came in and more famously Elton John walked in and walked straight behind the counter hugging John who was uh, an early lover of Elton's because Elton used to work with them oh. that was his he worked in the record shop when he was first starting and he'd worked there three years previous with John and Ian and um 
I was catapulting into this world uh, while all my mates were still doing geography homework or <laughs> being given it, whether they did it or not. Uh, that um, uh, it's such a convoluted story. There's this, uh, I'm sorry to say, that, uh, that I left there and I'm trying to think how to praise this best. Did nothing, but while I was at the record shop, John, uh, uh, the record shop closed down. Uh, around 1976, I, I can't help but be all partially responsible for that. What did you and, do? Well, uh, John and Ian had left, and it was taken over by the Harley Quinn chain. And I must say, I took a quite a, I, I liberated quite a lot of their stock because because <laughs> the shop, the shop, we were always at it. I mean, you, you work in a shop, mm. you know, you, you do feel entitled. It was only a little shop, about twice the size of the studio, and. Um, and uh, again, I'm trying to make this believable. This is the chain of events. In the hot summer of 76, I did nothing, but I had like a thousand records that I used to sell in Petticoat Lane because uh, uh, my dad used to get records out of the dock as well and we were, say, he's a docker, my dad. Uh, so they all knew me the stall holders. And I had got a little fund, a few hundred quid in 75, 76. Uh, this is really unbelievable. But John, who used to be the um, uh, manager of the shop, there's only three of us, he'd gone to New York because one of our clientele was a uh, record executive and he was starting his own label called Sire Records. Oh and he asked John to go over there and John sent to my home address uh, their first release, which was the Ramones' first album in the summer of 76. I had it. Uh, and I know you're going to say, Dan, stop, but I had it. And then the punk thing happened at the same time, by which time my friend and I, my friend had started the first ever fanzine. He went to my school as well. He was working in NatWest Bank. And he said, I've always wanted to write for music papers, you know, but they won't publish my stuff. So we uh, stay with this people. It pay, there's a pay. Yeah, no, no, I'm with them. <laughs> so, so uh, well, you did ask. So, um, and he said, let's start a, you know, his own magazine, which to me was like saying, let's both be airline yeah. pilots. He started it. Mark got it going. It was going four or five issues, and then I came in on it because my sister had a typewriter. She was a typist, and um, we were doing this when the Sex Pistols broke, and everyone said we were ahead of the curve. Who would there's these kids because the pistols couldn't be found. There's these kids who do this fanzine. The fanzine then became quite famous. Uh, after a period of time of touring with The Clash and The Pistols, the NME asked me to join. I was intimidated, so I said no. <laughs> uh, I did. I've never been intimidated in my life. But they said, well, well, Tony Parsons and Julia Virtual said, why don't you come and be the receptionist? Oh, that's hilarious. And I was. I became the receptionist down in Carnaby Street here, and I used to... Uh, I really enjoyed it, uh, uh, being the receptionist at the NME, the world's biggest-selling music paper. And bit by bit, they kept saying, why don't you review this record? Why don't you... Again, six months later, I'm in New York with John Lennon. Uh, and uh, I promise you, and I spent the next two or three years bouncing around the planet uh, with bands in the States and all that. <laughs> Gotta remember, I was shot out of a cannon at 14. Oh, do you really were? <laughs> well, this was the basis of the first uh, tour I did. And, um, and, the and then from, from after that, uh, because Janet Street Porter had interviewed us as punk rockers, she started this new youth series. Uh, and I'm sitting at the NME thinking, I can't be around here wearing a leather jacket at 30. I'm still only like 21. <laughs> uh, but I've been doing that for three years by then or whatever. And so um, uh, and she rang up and said, I'm doing this new youth program. I want you to do it. I said, what do you want me to do on it? I knew Janet from... And she went, no, I want you to do it, dummy. I want it to be your show. And that was it. Wow. I've never applied for any jobs. And that became... The, uh, it was called 20th Century Box. And yes, yes. While I was doing 20th Century Box, I was in the bar once when 20th Century Box was just about to finish. And uh, they were talking, Janet had the filthiest mood. Uh, they want me to do this show. I mean, there was loads of expletives in it. They want me to turn like Esther Ranson. I'm not like that. I don't like doing popular shows, but I'm under contract, she said to me. It's all right for you. You can walk away. Uh, and I said, what is it? And she said, this new show they're doing, which is like, that's life. It's going to be funny news things. And I, as luck has had it all through my, literally, I mean, this is dumb luck, said, here's a story, all the pubs over in Bermondsey are closing down because the docks had, they're opening as cocktail bars. 
And what? I said, yeah. And look, look, this fellow who turned out to be one of the producers of it said, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, the horse and feathers is shut. It's just opened up again as, you know, um, as the bitten feathers and his sofas. And it, well, this became hilarious given how the area was. And then they rang us to that, that thing you've said, everyone likes it. Do you want to do oh it? Oh, my God. And that was the first six o'clock show. And I was on the six and a half years with Michael Aspel. Oh, really? uh, uh, having already toured the world with, you know, <laughs> I've been, I stayed at Michael Jackson's place for two weeks, if you ever want that story. Well, I know. But uh, but uh, that was the kind of life I was living. So it was very, suddenly you find yourself on telly. I thought, what oh? And. One thing tumbled into another. But you after said that. skins and reinvented oh, there your is that. whole career. I mean, I it's incredible. I, I never go wide-eyed, uh, Tracy. I never think, oh, why me? I know I was always pretty, whatever it was, you know, whether the gods sort of said, let's have some fun with him. And, <laughs> and I, don't, I, I don't. I mean, as I say, my family never sort of went. I mean, my old man was the basis of most of my books and the stories. Was never one of them dads. Aren't you going to get a proper job? Never. He always called it typing, never writing. That's a typing game, boy. I love uh, that. But. Uh, uh, no, we were, we were an extraordinarily happy family on a big old estate over in South East London, the Silver Estate, which is now private, you know, Well, uh, because Peter gated. K paid your, in that course, fanta- I'm, I'm your forgetting, I'm forgetting. Well, we know you know all this. about, yes. yes. Well, that's, uh, you know, and all it needed was me and Jeff to husband some of the stories uh, to Was it odd seeing you, your life? Not really. Out? The weirdest thing is, and you all know this, um, uh, it, it should be. It was for my sister who turned up on the set, but me and Jeff took two years to put that yeah. together. And you know, you know, you'd have to be a bit... Uh, a bit goalless to turn up and go, oh, what, all this for me? Yeah, it's, it's not quite an easy process to actually get it. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so it wasn't. We knew it was a good story, but you approached it like that. Laurie Kiniston, of course, who played me, uh, uh, twice nominated for Young Actor of the Year, Thank currently you. Ms. Mr. Kiniston. Uh, <laughs> it's probably odder for him, but it was, it was a, of all my jobs, the number one was obviously doing that, but I've never had many bad ones, you know. Uh, ne- not really. I mean, I've done yeah. some terrible product. Let, 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 <laughs> let us agree, Tracy, to call the career uneven. Well, not, well I, I would say but heavily positive how you're an early adopter clearly of things um yeah. and t- twitter has always been the social media a social media medium that i understand mm-hmm. how did you get on that and were you an early I, adopter of it no no not at all uh nobody believes this but i'll i'll i'll, I'll you know if you can bear it we'll get the that fellow back in here he can pat me down because i know and make you throw up he can pat me and go to my bag i don't have a mobile phone well, you, well how yes i don't that's why i only ever tweet when i'm indoors um uh and they're only ever, you know, it, it's I, I, I'm not David Baddiel, who, who's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, runs things, you know. Uh, well, being him, Jewish, of course, is part of the cabal. But there is that you thing, know, you know. Yeah. He, uh, uh, and him and Alison Moy, I think, are the best at it. Uh, yes, But yes. I, I've, like, suppose most of my career, plough my own furrow with it. and do, But I've got actually no love. I've got no Instagram. I've got uh, no... What I was going to say, so where does social media touch your life? How, do, how did it touch um, your life? Usually, as you know, by at five thirty every night, I hold a glass up and say "Good evening, everyone." Yes. Uh, touch my life this year in a terrible well, way. Of course, we're going to get on But um, no, it, it's it's um, a, a conduit of uh, uh, another face at the party. And I, I only I only ever see people I follow because right. my son. I said to him, I don't want a load of noise here. I said, you know, uh, I, I I do live for pleasure alone. I said, I just want to see how fellow well met. And he said, Well, oh, Dad, you'll only see people you follow. And so that's all I do. Uh, I've never... Uh, Who persuaded you to go on it? Why well, did you go on it? Um, no one. No one persuaded us. Um, I, um, in the first year, was the, I was writing some, some tremendous jokes. Some tre- really tremendous jokes. I remember during the, uh, and this is about, during the Tottenham riots. I thought, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> you lose the appetite for that. I remember saying, uh, well, I know when it was... It was, it was <laughs> the more serious it is, what can you do? I've been a comedy writer a very, very long uh, time. And I remember putting out... Um, 
the rights reaching their peak and, you know, the whole Tottenham High Street was on fire. I said, except for the um, camping shop, uh, the barbecue shop, the barbecue shop, five men have been trying to get that going for 10 minutes, for half an hour, and they still can't get it alight. <laughs> now, remember, I know. Uh, uh, initially, I used to do that always on Twitter. Brilliant. Um, I used to do jokes. And then it just became a way of talking about old records and everything else. But I've got no mission on it. I've got no... Uh, and like everybody else these days, and certainly when you've got tours, it's nice to say to half a million people, I'm here. Yeah. yeah uh, I yeah, hope yeah. it's never quite as mercenary in that, you know, yeah. as bold as that. Uh, but that, that, was my, that was my Twitter thing. What about you? What, what well, no, you've I, done was put, I was in a, I was in a film, uh, with, uh, David Baddiel and uh, Omid Jalili oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, Snyder. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah. said, oh, you should go on this thing. And I said, oh, I can't even see how money comes out of a hole in the wall. I don't understand any of this. And they said, no, you'll like it. And it, you know, hours killed on sets and anyway, you know, just oh. sort of watching Stephen Fry or watching you and just having oh, fun. Really right. And now, and it's turned into a sort of um, battleground now, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But as I say, I, you know, just dragged into it this year, but I don't say because I don't have a phone unless I'm sitting indoors uh, not doing anything else and you say and I feel always guilty of friends get in touch and say oh you know I thought you'd like that on telly the other night but there's no I, I hate to say there's no give and take with me you know I don't Apart from football, yeah, the foot, during football yeah. matches, people think you've lost your mind. But well, I can't that's believe right. I got you here because Gary Lineker was on, and I, at the end I said, "Oh, you know, I'd love to have." He said, "Well, you'll never get hold of him. You'll never." No, get hold I'm, of him. I'm quite not not because you know, uh, but I literally. No, you don't have a. No, I don't have a phone, and I most spend most of my time. Yeah, I'm 62 now. Uh, he, sitting he looks in, fantastic. Sitting indoors, uh, flicking playing cards into a top hat. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I, 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 people say um, I did a thing just recently, um, which I said I'd never do again—a newspaper interview. But there you go. Uh, and they presume that um, you're on the phone to your agent saying, get me this and get yeah, me that. Yeah, yeah. No, I've had 42 years. Yeah. I've had a fair suck at a tools bottle. And I tried to retire, and most people, maybe I should have done, uh, uh, two years ago. But that led on to these tours, you know, which have, I've done, the last one was 72 dates from Aberdeen down to the Isle of Wight, which is fine. But, you know, my wife drums her fingers and says, this retirement we was going to do, you yeah. know. Because <laughs> I believe life should have a third act. Yeah, yeah, I've had yeah. a wonderful first act with my family and grown up on the estate. The second act... Like a pinball machine, like a Swiss Army knife, all over showbiz from writing. You know, I've written, people don't quite rightly don't know. You know, you're a writer, and people associate me when I get run over by a steamroller. You know, <laughs> the Daz ads will be my, my what people remember us for, and that's fine. But uh, and then the third act should be doing nothing at all. Do you think that's what nothing the third act should be? Oh, without a doubt. People say, "What happened to him?" Oh, he lives on a beach in Portugal. Don't think or you'll, nobody will ever know. You're just, a, you're just going to be in our lives forever. No, you say that. What a distressing thought that is. But no, I'm the, sorry. I, 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 I hope not. I would wish that on us to do not to do that. You know, my daughter's sitting alongside us. Oh, your beautiful daughter. She can, daughter. she can pick up the. Uh, the yeah, the now Mansi, Mansi Baker. We're going to come on to it in just a second. Because, but, 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 just to just, just, just to screech it back onto what the. Yeah. So you had a bit of um. So I've always talked about people who I've admired, uh, who have been able to, well, apart from admiring everything about you, but you're, uh, you know, you got caught up in the eye of a social oh, media God, storm. Um, take us through that night, and then subsequently, I'm interested to know how it dealt because I get a lot of Twitter abuse. You do, of yes, you do. That I stand up but for, I, I, but I, yours was different. Was, yeah, because mine was the most catastrophic mistake, the most outrageously catastrophic mistake, born of something so trivial, and the and the consequences of it so disastrous. Uh, but it's only the fact that I know it was born to say so trivial rather mm. than wringing my hands and saying, oh, uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, I, I, it, it, everything I got, I deserved. It was a stupid... Let's remind people who may well, not. I did. I, 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 let's very briefly, I, I'm, 
my Twitter feed, if, and by all means, I, the police even had to go through it to see if there was any precedent. And all they'd have seen was uh, kind of surreal or whimsical or stupid or goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, saw it was a royal baby. I did a couple of tweets about the name. And then, because I used to do, or have done for 10 years on the radio, this ridiculous, uh, the worst TV show in the world, I'm always making it, I'm pitching it, called Monkey's Dresses Famous People Plus Fairground Music, uh, in which I would... For a couple of minutes, I say, no, it's a great show. You can see it. Half an hour of a door in a field and the door opens and a monkey comes out of it and the voiceover says, why, the sun never set upon her empire? It's Queen Victoria. And I knew it's like the worst show in the world. It's rock superstar Frank Zappa. You know, uh, well, sniffing around for penalties. Look who it is. It's Gary Lineker. It's a stupid concept, lousy TV show. And therein lies the, the disaster. I had loads of photos. I've got a big, goofy file of photos that I always go to. I saw this uh, little monkey coming out of a hospital with a top hat on and a monocle and all that. And I said, Royal Wave. The Royal Wave has been born. Uh, and then within minutes, people said, Dan, you know there's mixed race there. Shit, OK. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I've not got a disease mind. You know, didn't think that through. Well, that was too late. Did and you then... delete it? Oh. <laughs> Straight away? Yeah. Well, of course. And so then how did no. this whole thing whip it out? You t- because that's what happened. And I'm not trying to, you know, absolve responsibility. That's what happens. Uh, and it has to be endured. Mm. How, but, how bad but, was it for you? No, it's, well, you know, you know it's, it's not. The thing is, is, here's the thing. Whenever I... Um, uh, people always want to picture you sitting on the edge of the bed staring at your shoes. Mm. I am not from that kind of background and all that. I mean, remorse, yeah. You know, contrition, 100%. Mm. But... You can't find it in. I did a this. God, I did this um, newspaper interview last week, and it was only then when you realise people want or not want that, but expect that kind of thing. And the photographer afterwards said, "My editor said, could you look serious and thoughtful?" And I said, oh, "Do you know what? I, I, I looked in. I've looked in the old uh, armory, uh, and." And not because I don't realise the seriousness of all of that, but I, during the time the pound of flesh was took, and quite rightly, mm. but I'm never built of that stuff. I mean, I had head cancer 10 years ago. You know, I've lost brothers and uh, my dad. And he said, has, has it been the worst time of your life? Well, you'd have to be, uh, you'd, you'd have to be in love, so in love with your career and public persona that you'd say, yes. Uh, it was, yeah, of course it was ugly and, and abhorrent. But uh, uh, fortunately, I'm steeled from a very solidly working class background whereby uh, my mum, this, this is not related to that, but I always remember my mum when I'm... Uh, Pete Townsend had his biography out, Pete Townsend of the Who, and it was, you know, a lot of it was uh, a mea culpa for what happened to him with the, you know, he was webbed up with a a paedophilia thing for a while, wasn't he, and all this, and that's fine. But it was a real misery memoir, and I know there's plenty of money in those. Uh, (laughs) My three books don't have, even the cancer one does, is not like that. Um, And... Uh, I remember my mum used to say, when people used to say, oh, I've got to tell you what happened to us, and about 30 seconds into the diatribe, she would put her hand on someone's knee and go, oh, I don't think I'm being... But, but it's not, none of my business. <laughs> and there is a lot of that. So, yes, I yeah. could I could misery memorise, oh, I remember when I got the news the police was going... It just isn't in me. And that works against me because people then think you're being deflective and arrogant and all... But I simply cannot... I cannot sort of d- deliver that. So when the photographer was taking photos, I said, can we have a few serious ones? I said... I'm, I, I don't want to... I, I'm nobody's reality show. I exactly. cannot fit that narrative. Yes, it was the most revolting, terrible time, 
But equally, am I going to be defined by that any more than I'm going to write, you know, my cancer hell stories? In terms of what you were getting, I suppose this is the other thing, because a lot of people have said this this podcast, they find it very interesting for sort of life lessons as well. You may, you know, and I think there's a lot of life lessons to be, you say you're not brave. I think that all the non-choices you've made, you obviously are open enough to have taken from 14 to turn around and go, I'm going to take that job. Well, yeah, yeah, that's all drafted onto it. I mean, if we ever do get around to doing a follow-up to Cry to a Grave, and and at the moment there's still people saying, and when and the poor they actors. Should. Oh I know, God. I know, I know. But Jeff, you know, Jeff's he writes Hollywood film, and it, it, it's, it's like as a cliche goes, turning a juggernaut around. But it's still there. Um, people, the great thing about it and seeing the shows, the amount of dumb luck, and I mean that. And you've got to be able to do it. But you say you left school at fourteen. Well, uh, I knew them. Our school uh, metal work used to be all Tuesday afternoons. Woodwork all Monday mornings. You do more metal work. And Wednesday would be games, all Wednesday was a great day. Thursday, this is in the first year, uh, two hours of woodwork, Friday, two hours of metal work. None of us were being turned out to be captains of industry. No. So leaving at 14 to work in a shop, my old man, I mean, mum said, do what you want, boy, as long as you put a fibre on that table yeah, every yeah. Friday. And that was it. Uh, most of my mates left shortly afterwards, you know. It wasn't, I know, I know nobody that went into higher education. Nobody. But you don't live in... I think a lot of people, maybe, who would have gone into a world where suddenly they're being hugged by Elton John and suddenly oh, yeah. being... Flown, they would have been right, frightened. Yeah. You don't seem like a man that's frightened well, by life or opportunity. I also, genuinely, um, because I don't... Excuse me, reading, but... I <laughs> love it. Dan is up. eating my cheese. Oh, man, my it's delicious. Personal cheese that I made. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, because I, I'm not... I, I am shallow, and I mean that in a pretty decent... Well, no, I'm, I'm extraordinarily shallow. People think it's an act, but I am. But I think that's a good thing, and, and I'm stuck with it. See, the opposite of shallow is dark and deep. Never wanted that. Don't lust after Never wanted it. I, I avoid any reviews I see where saying it's dark, edgy, and certainly when people say, it's, I watched it, it was absolutely harrowing. Why would you do that to yourself? We only get 70-odd summers on this amusement park so spinning through good. space, uh, and people say, well, it's all right for you. Well, it has worked out all right for me. If, if you knew the... People call them opportunities and all that, but the coincidental things... That, here's something that happened the other week. Sorry about it, I'm going to take a drop of mine. Here's something that happened the other week. I was rung up by Bob Harris. The, um, well, Bob Harris. Whispering Bob Harris. He was doing a thing in the Midlands, uh, uh, sort of night with, and he rang up and said, Dan, would you do it with us? He said, I don't know what they expect, but... I said, well, interview? He said, no, we'll do it as a two-hander. Now, I like Bob and all of this. I said, yeah, OK, all right. And uh, there was a fee, which helped. Uh, so I made me go up to the Midlands. Degrees <clears throat> two, you know, old war horses on stage talking about their rock and roll years, you know, different from my own shows. Sold out, good, good audience. At the beginning, I said to him, um, uh, uh, I've got a million stories, they're different to Bob's. I said, but uh, if you're lucky and we get round to it, uh, I'll tell you how I was in Led Zeppelin for 35 minutes. <laughs> and I was. Now, then you have to put that to one side because that was, literally will be here for two hours. I really was. <laughs> In Led Zeppelin for 35 minutes, right? Uh, <laughs> until I quit the band. It's another, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do it next time. If people want to get in touch, we'll do this next time. But uh, so I t- And at the end of the night, uh, it was a really good, and we knew we were doing good work. And me and Bob said at the interval, we said, this, we could take this out because people want to see it. I think we compliment each other. Well, it's a good show. So at the end of it, somebody shouted out, how was you in Led Zeppelin for 35 minutes? Just as we were wrapping up. So I stood up and I told him the story. Uh, an award show, long and short, but an award show where Led Zeppelin were due at, and they'd been seen in public for a very long time. They were given a lifetime achievement award. They said, uh, but they didn't turn up, and the interviewers still weren't there, and everyone thought they're not coming. And at the interval, when everyone was going to have dinner at the Q Awards, 1992, the door opened, and in walked 
Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, uh, uh, Jason Bonham, and a whole... Uh, God, there's... Now, for me, I'd had a couple, to be fair. <laughs> I ran down the road to Tower Records, bought the box set where you just come out, ran back. I thought, I don't care how uncool this is. I'm going to get him to sign that. I'm in the same room with Led Zeppelin. Uh, I'm going to try to cut this down. Point is, uh, Robert Plant, a big football fan, saw me in this scrum of all the cr- press around him. Danny Baker, hey, because I was doing a show 606 football at the time. Come and hey. sit down. I sat down next to him. He started talking about Wolves, his team, and I was listening to you on Saturday. The photographers and the MTV camera, who's this? Danny's joined the band, says Robert. For half an hour, 35 minutes, I sat there talking about it. Jimmy, we introduced to him all. Everyone's taking their photos. At the end of it, I stood up when they said, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats for the second half. Of the... I stood up and said, you know what? I can't work with you bums. I quit the band. Technically, Tracy, I was in Led Zeppelin. You, you totally I told were. that story. Now, that's a good enough story. And say, um, we finished. Big round of applause. I went back to the hotel room we were standing that night. And I thought, shall I go down to the bar? Yeah, I can't leave Bob there because I know he was going, you know. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of the audience, but that's all right. Went down to the bar, a few selfies and all this. Oh, I don't really enjoyed it. And suddenly, I feel my rear end get pinched. I turn round, there's Robert Plant. He'd been in the audience. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So I said, Aww. oh, hello, Robert. I said, you... He said, I'd forgotten that. He said, oh, it was a great... Oh, my God. We stayed getting quite nicely alight for a couple of hours. Then last week, he calls Bob. Um, Bob uh, calls me and said, Dan, uh, Robert Plant's been on the phone. He really enjoyed that. And he's heard we're going out on the road with it. He's wondered if he could join us for some of the dates. Now, Tracy, that is not... An untypical story of this uh, th- this career life of mine, and I don't tell it to be, uh, you know, uh, to say, "Whoa, how about that?" But, but how about that? And also, what are the chances of that? Well, what are the chances? I, well, I think I, I think I was hit by a bus when I was four, and I've been on a, in a coma ever since. Do you think you're going to wake up in yeah, a black I, I mirror? Think, or... I think in May this year yeah. I was revived for a bit, and then went back down again. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. The good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I bought that quite a lot of times, I think. Right, OK. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You have an aura. You have, oh, anyway, this is like the whole way. But, you know, you have, I think you attract because you you make people happy. Jerry Halliwell once said to me, um, oh, uh, Jerry Halliwell. I oh, know, I know. This oh, is I murder, isn't it? Uh, uh, Jerry Halliwell said, uh, uh, she was, I wrote, you know, with Chris TFI Friday for six years, and Jerry came on, and she said, uh, Oh my God, oh my God. I'm sorry, I shouldn't do that. Oh my God. So I said, What do you mean? I've ne- just walked into her, I didn't know her at all. This is outside on the uh, balcony. I've never known anyone with a stronger aura than you. And I said, Oh my God. I said, What? She went, Has anyone ever told you there's an orange aura all around you, and that's luck and health? And I said, No. I was wearing a bomber jacket, which did have orange lining at the time, and I indulged it. 
Yes. You know, I said, if, do you know what? It's, it's probably not medically provable, but I'm willing to go along with this. Uh, but Jerry Halliwell herself was shocked my God. at my aura. Your aura is orange. <laughs> now, just to take your aura into a negative place, just for two Go seconds, on. on the night of that all kicking off, yeah. did you read any of the no, tweets? No, no, I don't want to be read. Did you read any of it? No, no. Did it, so, you, so you didn't... No, I presume... See, here's the thing, Tracy, and don't think I'm just shrinking away. I, like I said earlier on when everyone says, this is harrowing, oh, it's very dark. And so you didn't I, respond I ne- to no. any of it? No. You never, you never no, read any of I it? I don't, and people think you must have done. no. This would be like... Now, we recall this near London's busy Oxford Street. Read it, yes. A uh, couple of miles of, like, <laughs> terrible consumerism. <laughs> I have always found that, and I mean that, the equivalent of walking along Oxford Street saying, excuse me, what do you think of me? Yeah, you're Excuse right. me, you're what right. do you think of me? Excuse me. I presume, and forgive me swearing here, uh, I presume that 40% of the internet thinks... Well, what O Baker is is, is is okay. The other sixty percent think I should that that fucker should have died of cancer when he had the chance. I presume that. Why would I want to confirm? How did it? you know it had kicked off then? Well, <laughs> pretty strong when your friends are saying shit, and you see yourself trending. Oh. I think that should be one of those new, um, almost like a. Uh, Arabic blessings. May you never trend on May Twitter. May you never trend on Twitter. Like, <laughs> may you live in... But you I know, know but I, I, so I don't know, but uh, when the agent rings up and then th- when you know is when they get the press scrum on the door, stopping, yeah. but then you kind of have to... Uh, I mean, yes, I said, yeah, I brought this on myself. It was just, you know, I didn't think that... See, I don't... Here's the thing that they find impossible, but I... I well, can I, I had no idea whose baby had been born. I didn't. I yeah, said, I think that is done. the bit that people go, it is. he must have known. No, I've sit and, and people think, I said, but it's simply cause and effect. If I had, would I have done it? No. Mm. So why did you? But otherwise you've had, you know, you've been waiting 42 years for the cloven hoof to pop yeah, out see, of your well, personality. <laughs> or you really didn't know. Now, uh, take that Robert Plant story. How improbable is that? But that's the thing. I can sit and watch the Oscars and... Uh, and, and I'll say, who's this? And Wendy will say, you must know Kirsten Dunst. You see, I, I, no, I don't. And what films? I don't watch. Mancia too. I don't watch films. And, but that's not to say you're some that lets you off the hook, or you're some kind of, you know, it's like when P.G. Woodhouse broadcast to the Germans. Uh, he really did not see the problem with that because he thought he was broadcasting to America and all of that. But I can sit here now and take you chapter. And, like when they were saying to me on the doorstep, you really didn't know that it was a mixed race baby. And I didn't like particularly being lectured by certain tabloids, I think we know which ones, about race, when I could have said, it sounds, you know, pat, but can you name me three Curtis Mayfield albums? You know, The Last Poets are? You know, uh, 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 what about Miles Davis? You know, there's culture and there's culture. And and I don't know, I don't read the court circulars. I I know she is. Yes. Did I know it was her baby? No, because otherwise I wouldn't have put up what looked like a racist tweet. The thing that I found fascinating, and I'm going to ask Macy in a second a question, but the thing that I found fascinating was that you, who is, the the, you know, is, in my opinion, the darling of the nation, you know, you're you're one of the good guys... They turned on well, you there is with a viciousness that I thought was so well, no, interesting. That, that people enjoy that. Do you think? People you... Enjoy, oh, people enjoy. Of course they do. Of course mm. they do. Uh, I do think it was uh, uh, and kind of remains inappropriate when we've actually got real racists out there mm-hmm. who somehow are given a, a lot of them in influential positions of power. So apparently, the president of the United States uh, of apparently America. Apparently, several uh, people involved in the political race right now. Yes, but me. And I think there's, a, and without being, I think there's a little class element there. Yeah. People who've not followed my career, and why should they? Oh, the Millwall support, that loudmouth Cockney. Whereas I think, had I, and the BBC threw me under the bus immediately. Which well, was, what was that all about? I've never had a great relationship with them. I think it was a, a good gesture they could do to say, look, look what we do, how we deal with it. But because I'm not clubbable and I don't 
know all that lot. The funny thing for me was the, uh, well, not the funny thing, there's nothing funny about it, but one of that mob of fighters rung us up and they were rude to my wife as well. So I, you know, I, I kind of look forward to seeing them at some do one day. Nothing mm. violent, but I can, there's one or two phrases I'd like to. Uh, and, I, and I think that that was an easy one that they can chalk up on the wall and say, look at this. Whereas had I been to university with some of them and all this, right. the thing is they've stood on the dais with me as I've picked up gold awards for them and all this, but they never, because I'm not clubbable. And a few weeks later, one of those was on that um, panel for about diversity in uh, uh, radio. I don't know, five white blokes sitting there, middle, all my age. And then they made a joke of it. Yeah, we did, we did think it was ironic and we did point that up. Oh, so you get a chance to uh, explain and pass your little uh, internet uh, Twitter jokes. Me? No, we fired him. Yeah. Why were they never positive? Because you were such a, you know, you are, you're, like I said, the boys very of the popular. Name. Very, but you were so popular. You were so popular. Well, you know, so so why without were they never being opportunistic, I am, um, uh, you know, we start again next week with the Treehouse podcast and we're going to do exactly the same thing. Because, and again, people, when I was being interviewed the other day, the people, bloke had never heard the show. So when I'm explaining about Monkey Dresser's famous people mm-hmm. or whether it's a sausage sandwich game, mm-hmm. they look at it to say, sounds like. Uh, impossible whimsy but it was exactly. but it, equally it serves a purpose particularly in times like this like taking it's off diverse, tight shoes yes, yes, it's like yes, taking yes, off tight yes. shoes and that's also a yes. fair reflection of who I am yes uh, but caught up in such an ugly row and there's only probably paedophilia that rivals it for being so extreme uh, there was no traction when once I had one of the scrums around the door and they're all asking questions look at me quizzically mm. uh, you know do you really think black people look like monkeys which is such a when oh, you begin, yes, where do you yes. begin with that you know uh, uh, or even uh, to address it and you can't say I am not a racist because it's it's, uh, it's, it's like it's, saying you're like, a heartbeat away yeah. from many of my friends are black you yeah. can't I'm smart enough and I've been around long enough Jeez, do you know what I've even written for Harry and uh William. Look at that. I literally couldn't think of the other one. Anyway, yeah. I, I wrote the concept of Diana at Wembley. That was my script for what it's worth. I wrote a fantastic speech for the pair of them that the palace said at the time was too emotional and personal. But it's right in the groove now. If you ever see it, it's in the third book. I was very disappointed. I had to go up to St James's Palace and be vetted. Uh, you know, uh, anyway. But Do you the, think the, social media whips these things up? Oh, I don't think. I think it's, it, it, if it was whipping it up, it, it, now it is the culture. As opposed to being this offshoot of culture, it is the culture. And yes, I, th- I think I can, for what it's worth, and probably as catharsis, intellectualise it and say, you know what, uh, I mean, I, I had, I had through two, three hundred uh, direct messages from people in show business mm-hmm. saying, you know, and, and I didn't realise quite how many of my friends uh, had been through similar things, or no, perhaps not as extreme, hello, Jimmy Carr and people. It was all mm-hmm. very good. And they all got in touch and said, mate, you know. But a few said, I'd love to come out and support you publicly, but I've got a mortgage. And that made you think, yeah. it's, this is, and I say, not, not to excuse the, 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 the tweet and all of that, but there is that element of McCarthyism where people dare not and have to, behind the scenes, get together and try to hold a rationale together that says this is where we are now. Yeah. I didn't feel sorry for myself, you know, uh, because I shouldn't. Because, because uh, I always felt uh, you were going, oh, sh- you know, I made a stupid mistake. Absolutely. Genuinely, a stupid my, catastrophic. My past predicates who I am. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It was, it's, it's too much fun for two-thirds of the people to get involved in that and then yeah. get... But when... I had MPs getting in touch saying, do you want to come and discuss your racism? Oh, my gosh. I did. I, I, I can't remember. But I, and I told my agent to say, tell me I will if they'll discuss their opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It does, unfortunately, in, uh, fortunately, my audience really thought, that was dopey, Dan. And, yeah, you know, but 
it's it, but you in the extremes in the black and whites and all of this i mean I'm, i follow your stuff you know about the anti-semitism and all of this it doesn't matter it, it's a terrible thing is it's the most important thing in culture right now and it doesn't have any effect on what people think and in a bad way in a bad way i mean in a bad way I, know, I probably way. am too vocal. It's just, you know, I come from a family no, no. of Holocaust survivors. I can't no, bear man. seeing Rothschild well, tropes her, hanging around. Her, her, her grandmother is Amy Rosina Goldring, you know. I really? mean, half of the family over there, yes, they are. I mean, I just can't bear seeing racism no, hanging around. No, of course not. But no. what do you mean it doesn't make any difference? You don't think it, it changes It doesn't make any difference. I, I see people... Um, I don't think there has been a single instance, even with people as brilliant as yourself and David and everyone else, uh, who's ever put a tweet in answer that somebody's gone, you know what, they're right, I've changed my mind. Four times. Only four. Have you really? Four well, times. God bless you. I, I only actually, four. I, I just, I, as a, not that it's not about that tweet. I believe it was, but equally, uh, it's, it, 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 it is just about the fury and people. The worst thing that they ever did is put us all in touch with each other. I always thought the baloney was, uh, especially in football and things, whereby. Uh, we actually like each other. People yeah, don't, yeah, yeah. by and large, yeah. they don't. That's why there's always fights at parties. You know, people <laughs> don't. People don't. And now what we've done is given everyone a, a loud hailer and everyone immunity. I know. I immunity. Think. So I don't... Yes, of course, it, you can take it personally, but you can't take it personally necessarily. You know, you, you do have that choice. Mm. You think, well, I understand what's happening. When the police get involved, all right, only lost a couple of hours until they went back and thought, this fellow just seems to, you know. And I'd use that photo in other circumstances. I know, I know. I, we used to send out a patch. I remember saying this journal, so I, I brought one in. This, I've got it in my bag, I think. Uh, give us that bag over. I'll show you this because I, I brought it to shine. Which the, and because we're dealing in absurdity here, mm -hmm. uh, which had catastrophic consequences. I don't know if it is in here. Um, Yes, it is. Now, because we used to do this stupid thing, um, people would ask the audience to suggest, and of course, if anyone uh, suggested someone of colour, if someone said, Michael Jackson, say, no, you can't do that. This is about saying, you know, Kaiser Wilhelm. Mm -hmm. uh, and look who it is. It's, uh, it's a Viking chief. It's the, uh, of course, it was the, the mental image of a monkey dressed up as someone. That was it, you know, and even so. And we used to send them this patch to say, you've got yours read out. Now, there it is, and it's an almost identical image to what got me in trouble, right? Yes. Now, that we sent out for 10 years. It's a monkey wearing a top hat. Yeah. Uh, that was what was sent out. And it says on it, monkeys dressed as famous people plus fairground music. Yeah, yeah. And we sent that for nearly 10 years. So I put that picture up to my audience saying, oh, monkey dressed as famous. Yes, of course, when somebody said there's race involved, oh, shit. But that was it. Yeah. It was a catastrophic mistake. But that's not enough. I was then used as some kind of, you know, uh, uh, a totemistic. I mean, I was on, do you want to go on news night? And I said, no yes, one, you were, if you don't were. understand that yes. this was a fatal mistake yes. and not some kind of dog whistle. Because I think, I know, but it, like, as you, I remember you hearing you, you of all people saying, uh, well, if you don't know who I was for the last X number I know. of years, I've how written, can you? I've written, I've, you know, I've written, I've put, why, why would you put the gun into your mouth? Why would you Because do that? there's no traction, Tracy, in that answer. Mm. When the press kept coming to my front door, there's no... Their editors, not, they're not going to be able to ring their editor and say, oh, it was a mistake, yeah. call the story off. And no. say it's impossible. It is the impossible. The man who's worked in news all his life would but, be but unaware. Not in, but not in news. Yes. But see, that's the trouble. When they're saying, you really didn't... I said, I know who she is, and now, obviously, I know what, that's why you're all here. But no, I generally... I, 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 I don't. I don't know. I don't watch Strictly. I don't watch... Yeah. And if but you that's look a at sign of where the royal family has got to. I know, exactly. It's with Strictly. I, that said, I can understand the outrage in Ferrari, mm. but you're never going to counter that with a uh, claim of naivety. Yeah. You're not. 
uh, nor perhaps should you. And people say, well, you should know. But really, so now I've got to keep up on the royal family? I mean, now I don't tweet so free and easy because I think I could put this up and say, oh, you know his mother got killed last week, you're off... Yeah. And so, so it has made Danny's daughter, Mancy Baker, uh, just left drama school, and I swear you're going to be—I can already feel it—a musical theatre star of the future. But tell me, you're you're young, you're 21. Uh, are you on social media? I am. And were you aware of what was happening with your dad at the I time? I was. And how did it affect you? Um, it was awful. It was awful because, for us, we are just seeing what we don't want to see, and we're just seeing oh. Take away all the context, take away everything's happened. It looks like everyone's been horrible to my dad. That's it. Turn it off. You know, that's it. Yeah. But because we are more lucky in that he is my dad, I can listen to him and say, okay, well, I don't have to read it. Mm. It's like what he said about walking down Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. Why would I go up to people and say, what do you think of my dad mm-hmm. right now? What do you think of my dad right now? I know what I think of him, and if I know, that's fine. Well, I think as well, man, you know, we're an extraordinarily tight family, and it wasn't just loyalty. The idea if I'd been one of them dads where they say, oh, dad's got a new head getting in trouble, there's none, not a shred of that in doing that. racism that he's no, been no, when he off sits every, there, yeah. And we've never had that dynamic as well. I've always resisted that, the, the cliche of, you know, there's square dad and, you know, and a moody teenager. None of my kids, and I hate to say it, have ever been moody teenagers. They've never had that kind of, oh, I'm going upstairs. We've never, never... And I think a lot of people like that. There's also not always a drunken aunt or a silly old grandma exactly. and all of this. Yeah. Uh, and the silly old grandma these days was at Woodstock, as we know. So not quite, you know, What's this playing music? No, yeah. we know about that. So we've always been kind of... Um, we've never fallen in with that, hopefully, so the archetype, that sort of thing. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and, and I know that's, that, that archetype does exist, but we've not quite been like that. Yes, of course, I thought, all their mates in there saying... Your old man, you know, but ha- but equally, it was such an aberration, such a uh, out of nowhere thing that I'm sure that yeah. all your mates just said. Well, yeah, Mike, and given okay, my friends and people that were like 21 were sort of the age of people that are associating with social media. Were people coming to me going, I can't believe that crazy thing everyone's saying about your, you know, that <laughs> tone. It wasn't a oh my god are you okay? It was it was really people of my age being like oh it's ridiculous what they've put and we are the people that people are saying oh you know social media is ruining everything. It's people my age and my who were sensible who were just saying this is ridiculous, isn't it? My my thirteen year old is um she she's I think because of all the lawsuits and death threats and all sorts of things she's sort of aware and she she's sort of writing a TED talk madly about the effects of social media on family when you've got a parent that's sort of out in the public eye and get. So she found it quite disturbing. I had no idea, but she did. I wondered if you found it quite disturbing. Um, or did you feel you... Yeah. Yes. It, well, in, in the sense that it's happening and it's, it's... For me, it's my dad, so it feels personal and it's nothing to do with me or even really to do with him. But the thing is, the reason I'm not very good at talking about things like this is because I realise you can just not look at your phone. You yes. can just turn it off. You can log off. Yes. You can literally put your phone in another room and not look at it. Or go on it and don't go and search Danny Baker tweet. You yeah. have to go looking for it to find it. I mean, it's difficult and different when they're on your front doorstep. Yeah. And that's horrible. Yeah. But social media, don't look. That, Just stop it. reading the, the, it. The thing is, I find that people always say, oh, but you must. I can say, and I wouldn't say on her life, I have never once... Try to f- look at any tweets from that period. Why would you? It's bad enough going through. It's like self-harming, isn't it? I don't understand. I mean, God knows, I admire so any, anyone who fights that fight, and I'm not running away from it. Mm. But it's just uh, we 
we are, you know, again, this is just, this is makes people curl at the lip. We have a tremendous time. I made a tremendous, massive, huge mistake, uh, but I refuse to cave in either, uh, you know, in, in personally. I refuse to cave in personally because I know what happened there. I know what happened there. People, and it, and if, I'm not going to win anyone over because it, a, a, a root, um, God knows, it must have been appalling that people have taken that information at face value, just seeing that tweet, only knowing a bit about us, oh, that fella. But you'd have to be the sort of person, I think, if, if you'd have to be the sort of person who goes to the cinema, watches a movie where in the opening scene uh, there's a dead body on the floor and a woman is standing with a smoking revolver and the door opens, you'd have to be the sort of person, if that's the opening scene, to say, oh, well, we know that, yeah. let's go. <laughs> Yes. You don't want to dig any deeper. You don't analogy. want to find what happened there, uh, and that's yeah. it. You're not going to win over people who do that. They also don't want to be won over. They want you. Uh, they, you know, there's. I can't imagine there's ever a last tweet. And you said four, and I, I had no idea about that. Is it worth the trawling through the three hundred otherwise? I don't know. For me, I think there's another cheese there. By the way, so if Bless you like you. that, was a blue one. <laughs> you might not like the blue cheese. Um, I think I see it as like just social media. I mean, it is. It's mad. It's like a door that is shut, and then if you open, it's like noise, 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 yeah, and yeah. so you have a choice. I just think for me, it became rather than this fun, witty thing that it used to be. It sort of became a radicalized site where people were getting radicalized. There, it, oh no, that I doubt. There's that, it, but that I don't think that's necessarily Twitter. I think societies like that. Do you? I think people turn up at rallies. People, people even in smaller groups in their local pub will gather and be provocative. Mm. Load of boars in the corner shouting out, "Hello, here comes the Labour and all that." Mm. Um, yes, it makes it very convenient. It makes it very easy on the old social media. I don't think people have been that much different from the time they burned witches. I don't think we're a very. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we're a very nice uh, breed. I never and all you can do, yeah. all you can do, and it's almost biblical, mm. is. And I hate this, but it's love one another. You look after each other, you carry on, as I say, through this veil of tears as best you can. But do you seek it? I mean, as, as, do, would you... I mean, I don't know. Did you ever go through your cuttings after a... No. A, well, there you are. What's the difference? If someone used to... You'll notice, I used to get in a cab, and I've done some stinkers of programmes, you know? Uh, absolute stinkers, but <laughs> that's a career, Not you know? True. Fred Astaire made some bad films. How about that? <laughs> so, um, uh, so and, and you get in a cab driver and go, me. He don't like you in the Express today, does he? Eh? Seen what they've said about you? And I would never say no, what? I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you presume that. And I, say, I think even without the, you know, the, my, let's agree to call it my catastrophic error this year. Oh, was people... it only this year? Yeah, it was in May. God, it feels like a lifetime. I mean, it really feels like it was five years ago. No, mate, it was in May. So many um, things. It was have... in May. Um, wow. uh, but fortunately, again, on the, the up plus side, I'm 62. I've been 42, 43 years around this racket. Yes. If I was 30 years old, uh, again, in this interview the other day, the fellow said, uh, is your career going to recover from this? I said, oh, for I, God's said sake. I think you're mixing me up with David Williams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. I said, uh, bless you. Yes. I said, I'm, I'm not a fixture of the box anymore. Uh, and what I do with the tours and the, and the uh, so the, now the podcast shows, that was that's where I am anyway. Yeah. Perhaps I shouldn't be doing anything. No, uh, you that, got that's to a, be. But that, don't get me wrong. It was, yes, of course, it was a miserable, horrible time. But mm. compare that to a death in the family, to being diagnosed with head and neck cancer. <laughs> Public perception of you is it's 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 in the top ten, but it's not amongst it's not in the top five. Well, you, did you ever stand up to bullies in life? You don't uh, seem like a I've man. That... Been, I, that's a terrible thing to say. I've been, never been bullied. And have you ever been around people who bully other people? Oh, that, uh, yeah. Oh God, at school, yeah, yeah. I ain't going to say. And no. in this business, but the idea that uh, you again in in Deptford in nineteen seventy in nineteen seventy, the idea that when um 
Uh, I, I remember getting. A, I mean, this this is why it lives in me. I remember getting. And I, I, again, I don't go along with the, the uh, cliche that you either had to be a fighter or funny to survive. No, you didn't. It wasn't Alcatraz. Yeah. It wasn't. It's a councillor. It was a councillor at the big school. I loved it. When people when people used to move up our estate or leave our school, we all went. Where are you going? Yeah. Where the Britain? Where this? Could be this? We all know each other. But equally, yeah, there would be. You know, I hate to say it, but weak kids and all of this, and and it is. You know, not saying you pummel them, but I remember there was a kid at our school. His name is Kevin. I won't give the surname, but he was he was he was. You know, he, he just went up to. And we did metal work, which I'm terrible. I have no traditional male skills at all. Did you not no. go to those double classes? I went to all of them, but I couldn't do it. Oh. No, I've always been. My brother was brilliant. My brother could, you know, could, oh, he could knock you up the studio in two hours. I <laughs> was cerebral. I was, you know. Uh, and uh, that, and that was just the way it works. My mum and dad used to, you know, they weren't. My dad was quite a lefty, but they certainly, you know, had a lot of books in our house. But uh, uh, and I remember when Langford did, we had to make a. <laughs> see that? See that's what Cradle to Grave does. It tries to say, look, uh, and I, I, I believe quite rightly, all cultures say we can make the jokes you can't. And in working class culture, this was pretty, you know, it's pretty. And he made this thing, and it was so, it was worse than mine, right? <laughs> but he made it, and then you had to put it forward like at the end of Bake Off at the end, and this coat hanger just was like nothing. <laughs> it, it was just terrible. And he ended it in, there was giggling in the class, and I couldn't help. I said, "What are you going to leave? What are you going to do when you leave school, Kev? Be an engineer?" And he got this massive laugh, and he looked round so wounded. And I remember this. I remember it, and I didn't think at the time, "Oh no." I actually it was, you know, to be honest with you, it was getting a tremendous yeah. laugh. <laughs> um, I know that's terrible. But the idea now you can look back and do revisionism is nonsense. Yeah. You might as well say, you, you, you may as well say, uh, you know, how comes they didn't, you know, uh, computer profile Jack the Ripper? It didn't <laughs> exist then. <laughs> so it didn't true. exist then. The sensibility is, uh, it, it, last thing, there's an arrogance of chronology that this generation or certainly the position we're in now does not acknowledge. The idea that the world gets better, that we now are smarter than people were years ago. You know, when people say that, they love the, the phrase you like that, so ahead of its time, that film, that means you've just discovered it. Oh, W.C. Fields was so ahead of his time. W.C. Fields was one of the biggest stars of his day. Uh, the fact that you get it now, he wouldn't get his films made now. The idea that we're smarter now than people were in the 30s mm -hmm. or in the 1850s, we're not. We are the, the same, and I use the word advisedly, monkeys walking around trying to make sense of all of this, uh, and with all the foibles and failures involved in it. But the overthinking of why we should be better than we are is never going to get a resolve. Never, never, never. Because we're not. We're not. We're a load of goons walking around and saying it's theme park for 70-odd years, but it's up to you if you want to sit in a room and talk to another fellow sitting in his room and have an argument. That's fine too. Or you can not do that. But, you know. Danny Baker, thank you. That's actually oh, brought mate, tears to you. my life. Thank you. Oh, no, no, oh, no, no, thank you. You're right. We've got 70, 80 odd years. Try and make it the best we can, but be. And then you're gone. You know, and I think back, gone. you know, if you, if, you, if you could get hold of David Bowie, you know, Keith Chegwin, uh, I don't know, Judy Garland, and say, do you want one more day back yeah. in the old hoopla? Yeah. Yes. Yes. What with all the problems? Yes. yes. And so here we are. Here we are. Uh, and, and, you know, sort of, what about tomorrow? Well, let's find out, you yes. know. And I said, it's not me being philosophical, that's me being right. shallow, but sometimes it really, really helps. And you've given me real food for thought because actually social media is a choice. You don't have to do it. You don't have to be on there arguing. You don't have to read any shit I've about yourself. You're totally right. Thank you. God bless you for coming on. I can't no, believe I No, not at all. I'll come back any time, mate. Nice. This is very, very good and cathartic for us. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Great Big Owl.
Get yourself some gas and air and breathe deeply. We're talking on the phone while he had his arm inside my vagina. In my head, I was saying, could you go and see if the anaesthetist is free? And what I was actually saying out loud was, help me! CD player doesn't work. I was like, I'm sorry! I'm a fucking CD player! Where's my playlist? That's One Torn Every Minute with me, Beth Murray. Available now from Great Big Owl. Help me!